Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougars have the fifth toughest schedule in the country so far. How much has that played into BYU's offensive issues? And which injury has and will have the greatest effect on the Cougars moving forward? And just how good is Utah State? David Nixon weighs in. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, October 2nd. I am Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is coming off a mile high at the Broncos' chief game last night, so I'm teamed up with a man who... Andy Reid has a restraining order against Jason Shepard. We're going to bring this up right out of the gate? Right out of the gate. In fact, uh, I think we have a, f- a picture of Spencer from last night. Uh, this could have been you, Jason. Spencer uh, yeah. went to the Chiefs-Broncos game for fun. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a Cougar connection there with Andy Reid, you boy. And here he is with Andy Reid after the game. Hey, uh, hey Spencer, that's not me with Andy Reid. Spencer was uh, on the field before and after the game, had a great time, I believe, with look, uh, his cousins. So that yeah. could have been you. Look, yes, it could have. Spencer asked You're if I wanted Chiefs to go. Fan. I am yeah. a Chiefs fan yeah. from Kansas City. Yeah, I love the Chiefs. Being able to see my guy, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I, I chose. Patrick Mahomes. I chose not to go yeah. uh, for very responsible reasons. Yes, and uh, and then it turned out to be like the signature game for Patrick Mahomes. It will be the game yeah. that uh, that they will refer to in the next twenty years back to the, the left-handed throw on third down. Yeah, that. yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was so, awesome. Uh, I tried a great night. Regretting it a little bit. I tried a great night. Uh, yeah, but he's not here, and uh, so we got to hold down the fort. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, don't live your life with too much regret. <laughs> probably my message today to you here on this program. Uh, here's what we've got in store for you today on the show. David Nixon joins us in 15 minutes. How good is Utah State? We're going to ask him. Lauren McLean takes between the lines to the golf course in 30 minutes. And we go two-on-one with Austin Lee, a junior safety who is playing more because of the injury to Diangon Woloku. Was at Utah. Now he's at BYU. He's got a couple of kids. Compelling story there. That's all coming up in the next hour. But let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines first. BYU football looks to turn the page Friday against Utah State, 9 Eastern on ESPN2. The Aggies are 3-1 and one on the season. How good are the Aggies? We will discuss coming up. Good news for a couple of former BYU football players. Bronson Kafusi has been promoted to the active roster for the New York Jets, and Harvey Longy has been signed to the Jets practice squad. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, wait, Harvey Longy's on the Jets now? And Bronson was uh, upgraded? That's fantastic. They like to get uh, BYU players in pairs. <laughs> yes, they do. Can they sign Jonah Trinman back, too? Kyle Collinsworth returns to Utah as a member of the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard's reaction <laughs> to play the Utah Jazz tonight at 9 Eastern time. And senior outside hitter Ronnie Jones-Perry won WCC Player of the Week for the second time this season. And BYU is still number one. Still number one. Still undefeated. Number one. No reason not to be. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The great poet Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day once wrote, Wake me up when September ends. So he woke great right Great song, now. by the way. Yeah, he woke right now. We all are. BYU's 3-2 and two after September. Obviously a disappointing loss to Washington, but the Cougars, one game above 500, better than I thought. BYU, by the way, one of six teams that played four power five so far. FEI rankings have BYU playing the toughest schedule in America. Sagarin, number five. So, Jason, 
How much does BYU's strength of schedule play into the offensive struggles that we have discussed? Look, I think it would be naive to think it doesn't have an effect. It's not hard to find correlation between playing higher competition and struggling offensively. With the toughest stretch, though, of BYU's schedule over, I would expect to see the offensive numbers go up. But Please. But, yes, you're facing, as, as Kalani and a couple of the players said last week, you know, this is probably the best defense we're going to face, speaking of Washington. And they played like it. They were fast. They were athletic. I mean, they did not allow BYU anything. And, yes, there were turnovers and things like that. But all in all, you know, BYU's played Washington, excellent. Wisconsin at Wisconsin. It's, it, to say it doesn't have an effect, I, like I, I said. I don't think anyone is, is saying that. I, but I, I think it's naive if you don't feel that there is an effect on it. You play higher competition, right. you're not going to be able to typically, and it's not just BYU, it's anybody, the higher competition, the harder it's going to be to maintain certain levels of Offensive standards. You're the gym guy. I am not. If you put a bunch of uh, you know weight on the bar when you're trying to do the bench press, you just won't have as many reps, right? Correct. Take some. That's October for BYU. There's le- there's going to be less uh, less weight on that bar, right? So it's a big factor for sure. How about this? BYU didn't just play four power fives or whatever. BYU has played not one but two of the top ten scoring defenses in the country. That is points allowed. The number one team in points allowed right now, Washington. Washington, okay? That should have been a shutout. BYU got uh, a turnover late and scored a touchdown, okay? The number 10 team in scoring defense is Wisconsin at 14.5. So BYU wasn't just playing power fives. They were playing two that are the top 10 scoring defenses. So it certainly merits discussion. But I do question some of the others, okay? So Arizona's 84th. Arizona's not good, okay? 392 yards of total offense I thought was good in the first game. And that is the season high for BYU. The Cougars yet to eclipse 400. 287 versus Cal is somewhat head-scratching. Cal 63rd, so they're barely, uh, you know, they're like in the top 40th percentile of scoring defense. Okay, decent, not great, not, not awesome. 291 versus McNeese is the one that I'm scratching my head about. BYU did enough to win because the defense forced four turnovers. Um, BYU is yet to eclipse 31 points in a game. Do you know what Utah State's done, by the way? 31 plus in all four games. Uh, different kind of schedule. We'll break that down in a second. I'm not asking for a ton more. I'm not asking for 500 a game and 50 points. What I want is for BYU to get into the 30s more consistently, only one time this year, get above 400 yards of total, a little more explosive, a little more dynamic. It's just not there right now. It's conservative. It's ball control. And I think that was a wise game plan because BYU played three games on the road against Power 5 teams. So I understand why, but guess what? In October, if BYU is still meddling in the bottom 30 or even 50 of college football and offensive stats, that is an issue. Well, and I think that that's – and I always – I think we talk about this quite a bit. Robert and I, a couple years ago, like at week six, like we think we know who we are speaking – yeah, how many games? Yeah, how many games Six do you take? Games yes. to know what you have. To know what you have. This yeah. that's where BYU is at right now. This is week six. So, you know, I think at this point, you probably know what you have. And yes, it's got to get better. They know that. The offense has to start scoring more points. And now that the schedule lightens up in terms of the number of P5 teams you're going to face and the number of top-tier defenses you're going to face. Certainly, Utah at the end of the season is one of the best defenses in the country. They always are. So you should be able to score more points moving. You should be able to score more points against Utah State. You, you should be able to do that. If you don't, 
that's when there's more concern. Yeah, the question is, how good is Utah State? More on that in a moment. I've, I've teased that ad nauseum. But I, I don't think that after six games we're going to know what BYU is. The reason is that BYU's played four Power Fives. Right. I, I just think it's different, especially this year. I think we need to wait until the end of October to go, this is what BYU is. So wake me up when October ends? When October ends, yes, an adjustment. Uh, <laughs> like in the concert, they can just say a different yeah. lyric. Yeah. Now it's October. I think BYU needs three games at home against group of five teams to really know what it has. Utah State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois. I fully expect BYU to win at least two of those three. If BYU... But if BYU loses one of those three, I think we're all disappointed. We saw the high against Wisconsin. We saw the low against Washington. And then BYU's probably somewhere in the middle, which is what? Either Arizona or Cal. And that was kind of a stark difference there. I'm hoping that the Arizona team that BYU fielded is who BYU is. Because it's not the team that beat Wisconsin. That's the high. You regress to the mean. Yeah, there, there will be opportunities for this team to get into an offensive rhythm. And look, there hopefully were, it's Friday night. Yes, there, hopefully it's Friday night. You know, Utah State's defense is, is not overpowering. BYU should be able to score. Can they score enough to can keep they up? Score enough? Can, they, can they score enough? That will be the question. All right, injuries are always a part of sports. It's any sport. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. But it's also something that players and coaches don't like to use as an excuse. Now, while I certainly understand why that's the case, injuries do play a factor. And BYU's dealt with some key injuries already this season. As we've seen, Zane Anderson, Butch Pau, Dion Gawoliku have all missed time. And now tied in Moroni Laulu Pututau is done for the year with a torn ACL. So, Jerem, which injury do you believe will have the greatest effect on the rest of the season? There are several, as you mentioned. The biggest one to me is Zane Anderson. Zane Anderson is replacing Fred Warner, okay? Fred Warner's third in the NFL in tackles, by the way. 43, awesome. Zane Anderson's a game-changer in coverage. See Wisconsin. The only turnover in that game, perhaps the difference in the win, is the one interception by Zane Anderson. That makes a difference because what if BYU was sitting at two and three right now? How would we feel versus three and two? Okay, um, versus Washington, Zane Anderson certainly could have helped. I still don't think BYU wins if everybody's healthy, but he's missed two games, and there's the discussion that he could play um, this Friday, which is awesome. And how good is Zane compared to his uh, cohorts? Zane has missed two games, and he's still second on the team in tackles with 28. Are you kidding me? Someone else step up. Um, so Zane Anderson is the answer for me, clearly. Look, I I could certainly make a case for Zane. Zane has been really good, and we knew going in how much of an impact he was going to have. I think, though, linebacker, if you look on the defensive side, is probably the position that has the most depth. So I I felt they were exposed against. I I I I think I think there's enough depth there that you can you can deal with it. Not that you ever want to be without Zane Anderson, but I'm there was. I listen. I love those guys behind him, but and, and Matt La- Matt Hadley can play, but there's some there's some inexperience there. No, I I I agree with you, but I'm not as concerned with the linebackers uh, as I am maybe with in the secondary with the safeties. I'm going with Diane. And look, the depth of safety there, there is depth, but losing a playmaker like Diane is is a big deal. He's done a really good job of helping over the top. Opposing offenses have tried to test those young corners, which we've seen, and having a guy like Diane to help is a huge plus. Plus, he is always a threat for a big defensive play, whether it's pick six, whatever the case may be. I think, I think losing him for an extended period of time, I think that's a really big deal. The longest pass play given up by BYU was on Diane Oluku. Over the top, uh, Chase Garbers uh, to kind of Noah against Cal. I agree that Diane Oluku is certainly influential. Um, 
But yeah, I, I just think in the middle of the field, BYU needs Zane back. They need them all back. Yes, they Diane, need them all Zane, back. Zane, can you get back for, for Friday against Utah State? Which brings us to this. The We Are Farmers from Ogden, a.k.a. Utah State, that's for you, Boney, are 3-1 and one this season with a classic, we almost beat a good t- Power 5 team on the road but blew it late situation again. That's happened several times for Utah State. Yet the Aggies have won three in a row, scored 31-plus in all four, which BYU hasn't done once this season, and enters the game as the nation's fourth-best-scoring offense against the 148th-best schedule. Jason, how good is Utah State? I'm not sure we know fully, but I think they're very good. No, they haven't played the toughest schedules we've talked about, but they came close to and, quite honestly, probably should have beaten Michigan State and then put up unreal offensive numbers against two FCS teams and then a really good game against Air Force. Did you just call New Mexico State an FCS team? Oh, wait, apparently I did. <laughs> well, why not? Let's just go with it. They're playing like one. Yeah, seriously. So the, the offense <laughs> is scoring at will. Yes. Okay? They're averaging 51 and a half. Is that inflated because of competition? Well, probably, yeah. but they can score. Here's mm-hmm. the other part. This team has confidence. It's not just – it's throughout the whole team, specifically on offense – they have confidence that they're in their play because of the way they're playing right now. The fact that at any point they can put points on the board, but they also have confidence because they beat BYU last year. This is a team. Wait, what? This is a this is a dangerous team because it's a team that you go into the year saying, "Okay, BYU should beat this team," and they should beat Utah State. BYU should always beat Utah State, but Utah State is playing well. They beat Utah State. Uh, Utah State beat BYU last year. I don't think they're coming in feeling like they don't have a chance. That's a dangerous team to have coming into your building. Absolutely. Utah State is good. I don't know how good. They're confident, like you said, on offense. Jordan Love, I thought, was just a rushing quarterback. This guy's throwing for yeah. 475, uh, 375. It's really good. Obviously, the schedule, not super strong. But the Michigan State game shows you what they can be. Okay, that's the high so far. But recently, let's be honest, it, take, it has taken something epic for Utah State to beat BYU. Let's rewind the past couple of games, okay? 2017, last year. BYU starting its backup, who gets hurt. The third string comes in, who's five foot ten and trying to make some plays, Coy Detmer Jr. BYU turns it over seven times, and it's a two-score game. So BYU turns it over four times. Is BYU in that game? Four times? What? So it took seven turnovers and the third string. 2014, Taysom Hill had to get hurt. We don't, we don't know if BYU is going to win that game. I feel pretty good about Taysom Hill competing in that game and probably winning it. Who knows? Who knows? Heisman Dark Horse at the time, BYU's ranked 18th, undefeated. 2010, that BYU team was 1-3. and three. That was epic. That BYU was that bad. So the last three wins for Utah State, it took something epic for Utah State to beat BYU. Okay, uh, The previous loss before that, 1994. So it just, hasn't, it just doesn't happen a lot. And the last back-to-back win wins for Utah State against BYU, 1973 and 1974. I'm telling you, uh, Utah State is good, but I feel confident about BYU Friday. Um, And even the 2012 team, which Utah State, you could argue, could be quite possibly the greatest Utah State team ever. Still 11-2, still lost to an 8-5 BYU in Provo. So I'm interested to see Friday's matchup. I think Utah State's good. I'm I'm wondering how good. We'll talk to Matt Wells, head coach, uh, coming up later in the week. Should Should I tell him my opinion of the... It takes something epic to. So yeah, I'm probably so, not going to. So do you that. probably no. are going to have to come up with something epic to be BYU. Your thoughts? 
And then, and then he'll ask if Zach Nyborg's back here with us. Yeah. <laughs> Our question of the day, how much of the BYU offensive struggles can be attributed to the fifth-ranked strength of schedule and by one source, FEI, the number one strength of schedule? Let's get to your responses in the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Wayne using hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Johnny underscore Collier 97 on the gram. Not much. We had 311 yards against Wisconsin, only 291 versus McNeese. If our offense wasn't struggling, we'd be more consistent and have put up way more against McNeese. Now, that's an interesting take. So all those power fives, eh, yeah, but even against McNeese, where BYU had an opportunity to easily go 400-plus, if not 500 yes. or more, BYU did not. BYU struggled on it's, it's the same thing from the previous year against Portland State. It was un- if if you if you're comparing to 2017, that's some dangerous stuff, right? Like we don't want to say, oh, that's very similar to last year. But some of the injuries, offense still figuring out it out. I, I don't know. I I'm really hesitant to uh, embrace that idea because I'm scared if it's true. Let's also not forget <laughs> though that BYU ended up putting multiple touchdowns together in a single quarter. So I mean, they, they kind of dominated. 24 of the 20, 30 points. Yeah. Twenty one quarter and twenty four is the highest scoring quarter since Kalani Sataki took over, and zero in two of the other quarters is the lowest scoring quarter as well. I'm such a, against I'm an FCS. I'm such a glass half full guy, though. Uh, so am I, but I look at all of the glasses and how they are filled, as opposed to my glass. What's uh, what's in that one? Coming up, can it's, the B- it's literally half full. Right now. <laughs> Coming up, can the BYU men's golf team kick a soccer ball further than they can hit a golf ball? Lauren McLean investigates it between the lines. They shouldn't be on the golf team if that's the case. And are the Aggies for real? David Nixon will tell us. He's going to drop some knowledge on us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review is tonight on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fallon, Brian Logan, and David Nixon will be breaking things down, looking back on the loss to Washington, looking ahead to Friday night's matchup against the Utah State Aggies. It's tonight, 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. They're always breaking things, whether it's the the (laughs) set or wills or egos, matchups, ankles. Yes, all of it. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If you missed the show live, you can download the podcast or watch the show on BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever you want, wherever you want. Our question of the day, how much of the BYU offensive struggles can be attributed to the fifth-ranked strength of schedule? At JTracy2511 on Twitter. Not much. I think it's more about who they are throwing to get the ball in Bushman's hands. So a Matt Bushman fan. Matt Bushman. Not a lot the, of targets. He had the largest uh, or longest pass play of the season. Uh, 39 yards against UW. So there you go. You would, you would think that with MLP out that more Matt Bushman, would, play, would, more Holker. would play a, a larger role. Holker, as we, you we were told, more Hank Tui-Pelotu Yes, who well, is, who's now available. Yep. Who has not played yet, uh, but will be in the mix, it looks like. Let's bring in David Nixon, who you can watch tonight, 7 Eastern on After Further Review. What's up, David? Hey, what's going on, fellas? We are breaking down Utah State, uh, and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, let's start with our question of the day, which has a stat of the day with it. So hang on. How much of the BYU offensive struggles can be attributed to the fifth-ranked strength of schedule? Well, let's go to our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is one of six FBS teams that have played four Power 5 opponents right now. No names like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Purdue, Texas, USC, and BYU. They're the only team. So do you, how much do you think that's contributed to the low numbers on offense? No question. I mean, you look at Wisconsin. You look at Washington. That's arguably one of the best defenses in college football. Number one in scoring defense. Exactly. I, I, I think you can – I mean, yeah, I mean, East State, BYU struggle. But keep in mind, yardage-wise – BYU had some short fields because of those turnovers, right? So they didn't have chances to go 80, 90 yards and put up the stats that a lot of people would like to see. Granted, we saw them in the second half kind of fizzle out, and that was a little discouraging. Um, but back to Jason's point earlier, they put up 24 points in a quarter. So, um, yeah, I think obviously it, it's, it directly correlates. But at the same time, I haven't hit the panic button yet. Uh, if you go out and you start struggling against Utah State and others, then yeah, I think you start seeing traces of 2017. But I think the strength of schedule, like you mentioned, top five, uh, it's directly correlated with how his offense has, has struggled. And, you know, and it, when we say struggle, keep in mind, most of the games they played error assignment free as far as no turnovers. Uh, they played pretty clean games. Tanner Megan's been a great game manager, um, but they struggled obviously against Washington to get anything going. And, and that's understandable. I mean, Everyone struggles. Utah struggles, right? I mean, you look at everyone that, that Washington has played, even Auburn, who's a top 10 team, struggled to put up points. And so, um, you know, time will tell with this offense. This is still the first year under Grimes. So I think everyone's still trying to figure it out. We saw a fun wrinkle against Washington. We saw a little shovel pass slash little inside screen to Lopini Katoa. They went back to a couple times. They had great success. And so it was awesome on third and 20 plus. (laughs) They really were. That's the situation you want to be in right there. (laughs) Uh, But no, I I think Grimes continues to evolve and this, this whole entire offense will continue continue to evolve as well. And they'll continue to find playmakers and put them in situations to succeed. Okay. One offense that's not struggling is the Utah state offense. Now, again, competition you you don't know I think we all agree though you're putting up that many points you're pretty good offense so do you believe Utah State is for real you know so on Sunday nights I go break down uh, BYU game in the Utah game uh, and then occasionally we've broken down some Utah State film and they are the real deal um, you, you look at Jordan Love, he's already thrown for 1,070 yards this season. Um, you look at uh, Ron Quavian Tarver, averaging 10 yards per catch. And, of course, you got Gerald Bright at running back, averaging 7 yards per carry. And so they've got playmakers on their side, and they're very uh, crafty with their offense. Um, and I, I love how they, they go about managing the game as well. And so, yeah, they are for real. Now, have they played this type of competition BYU has? No, right? I mean, In New Mexico State. Game, yes. Michigan State, yes. They probably should have won that. The Aggies. They had their opportunities for yeah. sure. Uh, and it's kind of Utah State's interesting because every year they start off really hot yes. in these, opener, these openers. They've they, had five of these Oklahoma, Auburn. And they, they're very State, competitive, first so game. And they've kind of fizzled. But, uh, <laughs> but this is one year that, I mean, if I'm a BYU fan, I'm a little worried. Um, and when I say worried, I, I'm more of this matchup is very intriguing. Listen, you, you go back to last year, and the, I think the matchup I want to watch is this Utah State defense, can they handle BYU's rushing game? Can, can BYU get on the back of Squally Cannon, Lopini Katoa, and run them? Because the deal with Utah State, they're 100th in the country in rush defense. They're um, allowing, I think it's around 100 and, 186. 186, yeah, 186, yards, 186 yards per game. So, and that's against Tennessee Tech and New Mexico State in there. Yeah. Uh, but it... It is with Air Force. That's right. Maybe so that's Air the Force skews the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but you look at last year when BYU played up there, they rushed for 210 yards in that game. So I expect BYU to go back to the fly sweeps, jet sweeps, try to attack the edges because Utah State does not have the athletes that Washington has um, and, and try to exploit them there. And then once again, that starts to open up the passing game. 
I still would love to see – I think everyone would love to see Tanner air it out a little more, take a few more shots. The problem is – Is that going to happen, though? The problem is it's the same thing as last year. If you take a shot on first or second down, then you're already behind the chains if you don't complete it. And this offense just hasn't shown that they can pick up big, you know, big chunks of yards, although we did third and 20-plus against Washington. Was, we were right. successful. It was all underneath stuff that led to a running catch, which you'll take. But I want to down the field That's throw right. in the air of 20-plus caught. And you kind of have to because, once again, then this defense has to respect you vertically. Uh, then you can't stack the box because the second that you start stretching them, the safeties have to respect that. Now they're playing 15 yards deep rather than 12 or 10 yards deep uh, where they can come up in the box and, and make a tackle. So um, Grimes is obviously looking at this. He's a bright guy. His whole staff, they're from, they, they know the issues at hand. So I'm confident that they'll address those. And hopefully this game you'll see Tanner Aaron out a little more. Uh, losing Moroni Hurts, uh, that's a huge weapon that, uh, you know, a big target that, that he's been uh, the main guy, go-to he guy so far. Receiver. That's right. And so that one hurts, but you've got Bushman and uh, other guys that can step up. Still love to see Micah Simon get some speed out there, get him involved. Um, love Hifa, keep doing what you're doing already. Uh, but uh, this offense definitely needs to continue to evolve. And, Hopefully this is the week because Utah State, I, you can't lose to Utah State. I'm telling you. Last year, seven turnovers. That was I, bad. It was bad. And you can't follow that up with another one at home. And, and it goes back to being at home as well. BYU just has not done well at home this season. And going back to last season as well, they struggled to defending Lavelle's house. And so uh, they've got to get on track. And this is one of those games, Friday night, ESPN. I mean, the, the nation will be watching. And you've got to go out there and make a statement. We're talking to David Nixon, who you can watch tonight on After Further Review at 7 Eastern Time. The question becomes this. I, I think the matchup of uh, BYU's defense and Utah State's offense is important because I don't know if BYU can win a shootout in this game. If Utah State gets going, that's trouble for the Cougars. Yeah, and you look at the stats, BYU struggles in sacks. We're 127th in the country in sacks. Fourth worst. Yeah, <laughs> fourth worst if you want to look at it that way. Uh, and also for tackles for loss, we're 127th. So this, t- this BYU defense, and, and you look at the film, against Washington, we continue to only rush four. And, and it seemed like BYU's just dropping back that's right. That. I, I think trying to get. I think a lot of it was because I think Elias Tuliaku was worried that we get burned deep. I mean, you look at his defense. We're not getting a lot of bombs thrown over our defense. There's not a lot of touchdowns, which is great. But the flip side is that you're not you're not creating a lot of turnovers per se, uh, and you're also not creating a lot of pressure, which once again can create those turnovers. So, uh, I would love to see Tuliaku put more pressure, get get, get more um, just just more. Interesting blitzes going on. I mean, more safety blitzes, corner blitzes. Brian Logan and I were talking about this, how back in our day, we'd bring corner safety blitzes with some linebacker blitzes. I mean, we were kind of coming from all over the field and just haven't seen that creativity so far this year. And a lot of that might be due to the fact that, you know, just a little worried that, uh, you know, you get exposed if you do. So um, I, I agree that that is the test. Can this BOE defense, especially the secondary, uh, we'll see what happens with Dian if he can come back this week or, you know, what his and status is. Zane, there's discussion that Zane That's right. So I think if BYU can get those playmakers back, they were sorely missed against Washington, as we saw, and as we'll break down uh, this evening on the AFR. But I think he's a couple of those guys back. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure because Jordan Love, like I said, he is the real deal. I thought he was just a runner. He's turned into this amazing passer, so it should be fun. We uh, look forward to the breakdown tonight, and then uh, we'll see you Friday on Countdown to Kickoff as well. So Yeah, thanks, sounds good. David. Fun week. Hi, guys. Yeah. David Nixon. All right, coming up, we go two-on-one with defensive back Austin Lee. What does he think is the key to the upcoming matchup against the Aggies? And we find out what happens when you combine Lauren Frankham, a golf course, a softball, and the men's golf team. That, that seems like an interesting mixture. There she is. This is BYU Sports Nation.
Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. It's the latest to Cougar Sports with the social media twist. You can watch it right now on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, Instagram TV, IGTV for the kids, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Yeah, I've never heard it called Instagram TV. <laughs> it's definitely for the non-kids. <laughs> Welcome back, Jeremy and Jason and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. In case you missed it earlier, let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football looking ahead to Utah State. Short week, only non-Saturday game of the season. Coming up Friday, 9 Eastern on ESPN2. Kalani Satake, do you want the game to be played this Friday or earlier than that? I wish it was today. Yeah, that's we we we, we need to play better football. And the only way to do that is get to the next game. And so uh, we put this game away uh, with Washington, learn from the mistakes, and get to this one right away. And, and our guys are excited. And, We'll be ready. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun on Friday. Indeed it will be. The Aggies are 3-1 on the season. BYU Radio pregame coverage with your boy Jason Shepard begins at 6 Eastern with BYU TV's countdown to kickoff live at 7 Eastern. Bronson Kafusi has been promoted to the active roster for the New York Jets. Also, Harvey Longy has been signed by the Jets for their practice squad. My times were incorrect on that. 7 Eastern night yes. for game 8 on TV. Kyle Collinsworth returns to Utah as a member of the Toronto Raptors to play the Utah Jazz tonight. 9 Eastern time, so the local BYU fans can see Kyle Collinsworth again. NBA preseason action. It's fantastic. You love it. I love it. I'll be watching. BYU women's volleyball remains ranked number one in the ABCA coaches poll. Cougars have sat atop the poll uh, for several weeks now at number one. Senior outside hitter Ronnie Jones-Perry won the WCC Player of the Week for the second time this season. She averaged 4.3 kills per set. As we mentioned, still undefeated as the Cougars begin WCC play this week. It's good to be number one. It really is. Well, the men's golf team began its season over the weekend, winning the William H. Tucker Invitational in Albuquerque. Congrats to the guys. Lauren McClain joins us, who apparently gave them some good karma before they left, right? I did. Well, what really happened was I taught them a few golf tips. Yeah, as you'll really? see in the segment, that I'm I'm really good at the golf. At the golf, really good at the golf. We so they obviously right took that to heart, use it in the tournament, and and I think that's what it was. And Peter Quest, who actually took first place in the tournament, it was his best score as a BYU Cougar. Nice. And he hung out with us, guys. Coincidence? I think not. And Andrew Chin, who made more Star Wars references than I can count. It, oh, I'm you, excited. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you I'm guys would be go. very very proud of that. So we just want him to be a little loose before the tournament. So we teed off a little bit different than normal. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. We're here with Peter Quest and Andrew Chin from the men's golf team. Peter's from Fresno, California, and Andrew is from Toronto, Canada. Did I get it right that time? You did. Peter, what has been your biggest accomplishment so far here at BYU? I don't like to brag about myself. No, come on, brag. I won the conference championship as an individual freshman year, and then last year was pretty sweet. I got to win Fresno State's event, so that was, that was nice, beating up on the hometown. <laughs> we're going to tee off in a way that you've probably never teed off before. What we're going to do is one of you has to kick a soccer ball, Shot put, a softball, or throw a football. Who wants to draft first? Can you draw? I got this. Soccer ball. <laughs> Don't lean the softball, man. Yes! Oh. 
which means I have the football. Football. Okay. Ken, you're going first. Okay. Oh, it's actually pretty good. A little lighter than the actual shot put. Pretty good. Use the force and you'll be good. Bad money. Better than all of us. Okay, what would you say is the most unique thing about you? Hmm. About me, I'd say is that I'm a pilot. I've always loved aviation uh, growing up. I flew my first solo flight um, at the end of August, and it was one of the most surreal experiences that I'll ever have in my life. At least I got ahead of Peter. Oh, yeah. That's not a good luck. <laughs> Dang. I feel sheepish with me again. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness. Whoa! Oh, you got a hold of that one. What are the expectations for you individually and as a team? Uh, individually, I, I expect a lot out of myself. As far as the team goes, I think, I think we got a strong group of guys. It's, uh, it's just fun battling out, so I think I think we can make another run at it like we did last year. Okay, I'm gonna beat you. Are you? Look at that. Oh, terrible. Oh. On the green. Woohoo! Alright guys, coming down to the wire. Aim it about here. Okay. Will you both concede if I make this, I just win. Like deal. Deal. Listen, Peter, you told me to aim that way. I said right here. <laughs> that is... Oh! oh! <laughs> Call the police. That was a robbery. Still a great putt. For TV. You tied. You tied. If you make this, we'll give you a tie. Listen, I don't hate that. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about a tie? Oh. Sucks. Might come back out later tonight and rematch, but it was fun. Yeah, I might have to do some soul searching over that. If you guys had to say how I did, what, in one word, what would it be? It was pretty good. I think you were holding <laughs> back a little bit to yeah. save our confidence. Well, you guys did amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And go Cougs. Go Cougs. The boys are in Fresno, California, playing in a tournament right now, so good luck to them. That is Peter's hometown. Next week on Between the Lines, we're going to take a journey to the Y with Olivia Wade from the women's soccer team. Not Olivia Wilde. Mm. Olivia Wade. We'd have a lot more viewers if it was Olivia Wilde. Also, <laughs> Twitter, hey, come on. Hey, at BYU hey, hey. Using the hashtag BYUBTL. Can you imagine? Aaron Rodgers If I'm like, Olivia Wilde. Do you know who she's married to now? Jason Sudeikis. Oh, I was Which thinking of really... I was thinking of Olivia <laughs> Munn. Yeah, you're really thinking Munn. Olivia yeah. Munn. Yeah. Olivia Wilde. My bad. Anyway, Olivia Wilde's going to be fantastic. That's Jesse Wade's sister, who okay. transferred from Gonzaga onto the soccer team. There you go. Very cool. Yeah, she's an awesome. She's killing it as a freshman right now, so it'll be fun yeah. to chat with her. Well, use the force, and uh, I think it'll be a good piece. <laughs> Chatting with Chin. Is that what we decided on? Andrew Chin's going to have his We're going to give him his own... Uh, I would watch chat that. With yeah. Chin. Chat with Chin. I would Chin watch chat. that. If you yeah. guys had any idea how many Star Wars references he used, like you just... But you're saying that like that's a bad thing. Your mind. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. I would just look at him and I'm like, mm, Did you get yes. most of them? No. I didn't. 
You, I know. I'm not. I'm not a. It's fine. Tr- not a trekkie. What's the? Oh, oh okay, okay. Okay. You're okay. done. On that note, you know what? Uh, we're done. You're gone. We're done. You're we're gone. Done. Thanks, line. You're great, but that was not. Go, Jason. Coming Get up. Get out of here. Oh my. In goodness. this segment. End How this. does junior quarterback this Austin Lee feel about the current state of the BYU defense? And how do you feel about Lauren claiming that Star Wars fans are trekkies? We'll discuss. This oh. is BYU Sports Nation. Oh. Wow. Come on. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern, you can watch BYU football with Kalani Satake. As host Greg Rubel talks with Coach Satake, Tristan Hodge, as well as J.D. Falslove. That's tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Welcome back, Trekkies, to BYU Sports Nation. This is our question of the day. How much of the BYU offensive struggles can be attributed to Lauren McLean or the fifth-ranked strength of schedule at Twiggier Stone? Only a little bit. I think it is also the product of a new offense and staff. I think that's fair. They can only introduce the offense as fast as the players can show they can perform it, minimize the ability to make mistakes, but also the ability to make plays. That's true. BYU's been conservative. They're, they're not trying to turn it over. They're trying to keep it simple. And that definitely worked against Wisconsin. BYU didn't turn the ball over. Uh, they got a turnover, a takeaway, and it uh, meant the BYU won that game. It was awesome. You can't do more than what you think you're capable of. And sure you can. That's why you have goals. And well, but what, but what I'm saying is when they've tried that, it's kind of bit them. They're just not good enough. Yes. Yeah, so so that, they're, that they're, they're taking what they feel comfortable in, and that's what they're if trying gonna to do. If you're going to be really good, though, you got to get on. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. With an injury to Diangon Woloku, junior safety Austin Lee has been asked to play a bigger role as a safety this season with Troy Warner on the back end. Lee, a transfer from Utah, found himself at Salt Lake Community College after Utah before coming to BYU. That combined with not one but two children make Lee a man who knows how to prioritize. Here's our two-on-one conversation yesterday with safety Austin Lee. All right, Austin, obviously uh, not the result you wanted in Seattle, but here we are on Monday, so it's been a couple days. What are some of your top takeaways and things that you guys and you learned against Washington? I think the biggest thing is we didn't play our best game on Saturday. Uh, we had mistakes, and it, we were trying to, I feel like, sometimes go outside of our assignments and trust. We just needed to trust the scheme of the coaches and trust ourselves, trust our teammates. And a lot of it stems from just being consistent and having trust. And so they, we saw that Washington was able to make big-time plays when those when that, that wasn't all together. The scheme wasn't all together. We weren't all playing uh, consistent. So, I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, does it help to have a shorter week because you really don't have time to worry about last week? It's all about kind of cramming for playing Friday night. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes you do think that shorter time is is less helpful, but I think I think we're ready for it. We're excited. I mean, we talked about how football is just fun. It's fun to get out there, and it's fun to to be ready as well and just to be around the team and the culture and the coaches. And I think a loss at Washington helps us be ready for Utah State. You know, they're they're a really good team, and we're just really excited to be out here and have some fun and be back at it. 
I, I was like short of time for a test because I was like, well, I don't know it anyway. I'll just jump in. But yeah. the hope is that you're ready, right? Um, how much at Washington uh, was a product of, okay, Zane's out, Diane's out, uh, you know, oh, Butch is back in. Personnel-wise, it's been an interesting kind of ebb and flow from a depth perspective of there's a lot of new guys in the mix right now. There are a, little, uh, a lot of new guys in the mix. Uh, we saw that in other games as well, and guys have been able to step up. But once again, it's, it's just being consistent with our play because uh, I, I trust those guys that, that back them up. Uh, I trust, you know, obviously we would have been happy to have them, but the guys behind them are just as good. They're very uh, talented, and they're very assignment sound. But as a team and as a defense especially, we just we weren't consistent enough to not prevent those big plays and those mistakes, and they were able to capitalize. You know, They're a great team, and we just can't do that against a good team. Nobody ever wants to hear about injuries because everybody goes through it, and nobody wants to use it as, a, as an excuse, but it is a reality that you guys have just dealt with some injuries over the past couple years. But to your point, you talked about guys being ready. How much of a next-man-up mentality does this team in general have? Talking to them, I mean, the, we saw that in McNeese. Uh, we saw guys like Tanner Jacobson get in the first play and he, he, make, he makes a pick. We saw Sawyer Powell recover a fumble and Austin, uh, Austin Francis mm-hmm. and Nate Sampson both drilled the guy, uh, caused a fumble. Rhett Sandlin had an interception. Those guys are ready. Those guys uh, love to be out there on the field. And so they're, they're going to prepare the same way as we would as well. And so I, I feel like you know, they're very talented. They're very assignment sound. And so it's just, it's just stepping up. But as a defense together, we all have to be on the same page. You can't just be one guy making a difference. But we all have to work together and trust each other. We're talking with junior safety Austin Lee. How are you feeling? Because I know you wore the green jersey last week, meaning don't hit me. Yeah. So how are you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing good. You know, just a little dinged up here and there. There's nothing that football doesn't cause, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling really good. So game was a good time to get back in and hit somebody rather than practice being in that green jersey. So For a defensive guy, that's like a jersey of shame somewhat, right? You're like, oh, man, the quarterbacks wear the green jersey, right? It is. I tried to get away <laughs> from it the first day, but my coach is like, you need the green jersey. Uh, you need to put it on. But, I mean... I told I told guys that were that were still coming to block me. Hey, I need to work. Come come block me. Come hit me because you can't just turn it on game time. You kind of have to be prepared, and especially with a team like Washington. So, you have an, an interesting story coming to BYU. You grew up in Salt Lake County. You went to high school in Salt Lake County. Started out at the University of Utah. How in the world did you find yourself down in Provo? <laughs> uh, it, it was a long process for sure. Uh, just come back from my my mission. Just a different mentality, uh, you know. Not that things probably wouldn't have worked out, but I, the football, I don't know. I, I wasn't like the biggest thing on my mind, obviously as well. And it's just a different environment than what I was used to. And um, you know, I was grateful for coaches like Coach Satake and uh, Coach Tuiaki. I've I've known them both uh, throughout the whole recruiting process when I was in high school. And so when I heard he was coming to BYU, I was excited uh, because. That meant a lot to me because he, he was a big part of why I chose Utah in the first place. Same with Coach Hill you know, at Weber State. Just things changed, and same with my mentality. So, And you found yourself at Salt Lake Community College suddenly. Uh, so I guess what happened when you went there, and then how did you end up at BYU? So the, the rule with NCAA being compliant, I obviously had to earn an associate's degree. Uh, so Because I didn't get permission to transfer, didn't get permission to contact schools. And so 
that was the easiest way for me to go to school, earn my associates really fast because I had I had a lot of classes from before my mission and from being at Utah. So I was only there for one semester, and I was able to contact BYU after going through that compliance stuff. And uh, this is this is where I wanted to be. This is this is home for me as well. So. It, it was a long process being out of the game for a year and had a red shirt to earn my associate's degree, but it worked out. I was able to work out, stay in shape. So, so I, I wanted to ask you because I, I heard you talk about this a couple weeks ago. You, your family, the background of the family, came. You guys were a Utah family. Now you're married. You have a, you have two children. Your wife, BYU fan, comes from a BYU family. Here's the really important question, Austin. How are the children being raised, BYU or Utah? They're being raised right. You, you know what's right. That's right. That's what he right. transferred. <laughs> he came down here, man. Yeah. 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 He's not going back. Well, it, it's cool to see, too, is just uh, how big of a support family I have, especially my side of the family. You know, my dad played baseball. My grandpa played football. Uh, big Utah ties, right? But those, at Utah, you said? Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they, they both they played, played at Utah. Utah. So, like, obviously – they were excited for me when I committed, but they're so excited that I'm here and the opportunities I have are, you know, they're, they're just happy for me as a person. So just true love, I guess, right? <laughs> so yeah, does any, absolutely. Does, does anybody from the family, do they try and sneak in like a, like a Ute uh, gift or anything like that for the kids? No, they know better. They know better. <laughs> you just throw it away. They're like, no. They no. know better. <laughs> yeah. But you, you and Zach Wilson can commiserate on the, our dads played at Utah, right. we're at BYU thing, Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, we're talking, talking to Austin Lee, junior safety uh, at BYU. Let's talk about Utah State. You mentioned him a little bit. Fifth in the country in, uh, in points per game. Bunch of uh, yards through the air and on the ground. What's your initial assessment of a really good Utah State team coming in Friday? They're explosive. Uh, you've seen that. Uh, just the stats you've been sharing. They're they're fifth in the country in scoring, and they put up a lot of points. And so you got to respect that. And we talked about how we weren't consistent at Washington. We got to be very consistent with uh, Utah State as well and expound upon their mistakes. Uh, it's just it's a really good football team. They're really well coached. They have really good explosive players, and it's just all about being able to prevent that and be consistent in our play and trusting each other and trust the scheme, and things will fall into place. This is one, speaking of in-state games, this is what you guys have in terms of team goals is to win the in-state games. How big of an opportunity and how big of a deal is this for you guys to take on a team like Utah State in the state of Utah? It's huge. Uh, we talk about yeah winning the winning the rivalries. We talk about protecting Lavelle's house. This is our place. They're coming into it. They had our number last year, and in the recent years as well. And so it's just it's huge. Uh, they're going to come out ready. They're going to come out fired up. And so are we though. So we don't, we're not going to back down, but we're going to expect the greatest Utah State team to come out this season. So and they have the old wagon wheel. You got to get back, right? Got to get it back. Let's get the old wagon wheel back. back. Things not often said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Austin, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And let's give you the BYU Sports Nation card. Yes. It's like good luck. The, like you're going to play even better than you would have now. All right. All yeah. right. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay. I'll, I'll have fun keep Friday. Keep that in my mind. Thank you. Junior safety Austin Lee as the Gregorian chants continue. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I hope that Austin Lee now recovers a fumble in the game. That's what I foresee. Recovers a fumble and mm-hmm. takes it to the house. Okay, that's just a little much. Why? Dream big? Nothing wrong with that. No, I was told that earlier in the show that you're just supposed to, you're not, probably not going to do what you, <laughs> then more than you're capable of. Using my words <laughs> against me. <laughs>
Coming up, why should Cougar fans pay attention to the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets? Because of Sam Darnold and Kyle Collinsworth is back in the state of Utah. All this and more in today's Cougar Whip Round. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to today's guest, David Nixon and Austin Lee. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time. Normally you say that. So rude for you to say that. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. No time. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football, the quick turnaround, taking on Utah State Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 9 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Radio pregame will be at 7 Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. Bronson Kafusi promoted to the 53-man roster for the Jets. Harvey Lungy, now a Jet, is on the practice squad. Cougars in the NBA. Kyle Collinsworth back in the state of Utah, this time with the Toronto Raptors. They're in town to take on the Utah Jazz tonight in preseason action at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Volleyball. BYU women's volleyball remains the top-ranked team in the country in the ABCA coaches poll. Also, Ronnie Jones-Perry of Copper Hills fame is the West Coast Conference Playa of the Week. Golf. BYU men's golf will play in the final round of the Nick Watney Invitational. They currently sit at second place as a team while Ritt Rasmussen and Carson Lindell individually finished in the top five after the first day. Tennis. Where's Question Chin? Where are our guys? Uh, and Sean Hill and Jeffrey Sue won back-to-back matches at the ITA All-American Tournament in Tulsa and are now one win away from qualifying for the main doubles draw. Uh, why aren't we quiet during the golf part? Just Cougars in the PGA. Should we be quiet? During I I would like to be quiet and okay. go with the golf clap let's and everything that. during BYU golf. Anything golf related? Let's do it. Okay, we're going back to it. Yeah, let's go. No, no. Today's rise and shout <laughs> goes to Spencer Linden. He had a better Monday than you and I. Yeah, that happened. It's our own fault. I mean, too. you plural, like everyone watching and listening. That's what I'm. It's our own fault. Yeah, it is. Most things are right. A question of the day: How much of the BYU offensive struggles can be attributed to the fifth ranked strength of schedule at the Brentar 14 on Twitter? About 50%. The other 50 is because this is a new offense. New offenses rarely do well in their first year. Give it time. In the meantime, BYU's O-line should be able to push most of the teams on the remaining schedule around. I think we'll find the BYU offense is going to take a step up. It's been tough. Two of the top 10 defenses in the country. BYU yes, they should. Play. Absolutely. BYU should get on a nice roll moving forward. The Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. It's from at Ames Flames. A lot. If we had a schedule like Utah State, we could be averaging 50 points a game, too. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. <laughs> the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is always on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Go Google Play, like and the TuneIn Mahomes. This is dangerous for a month. Oh, nice throw. First down, dude. Very nice. Shout out to Michael Nay, BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. AFR coming up tonight, 7 Eastern. After that, Satake Show.